Welcome to ADHD Crash Course, the podcast for those of us who feel we have a lot to learn about ADHD, and that includes me. My name's Danae Cannon, and I'm your host. I'm an occupational therapist, a certified coach, a mom of more than one child with ADHD, and I have ADHD. So welcome to the Crash Course. We're in this together, and let's jump in. Welcome to ADHD Crash Course. Today we're going to talk about comments that we receive when we tell someone we've been diagnosed with ADHD, we think we may have ADHD, our child's been diagnosed with ADHD. It is not going to be long before you hear one of these comments. You know, it could be from your Aunt Faye or the, the Kellers next door or even your family doctor. And one of these comments is, doesn't everyone have a little ADHD. Now, understandably, this can be really triggering for some of us because for many of us, we haven't had answers for a lifetime about things that we've really struggled with. And a diagnosis of ADHD starts to connect the dots. And instead of us believing that these are our character flaws that have made these things so hard for us, we have an explanation, a brain-based explanation that we can do something about. Because ADHD is one of the most successfully supported mental health diagnoses. And so a diagnosis of ADHD for some is going to open up doors of possibilities for them. And to have people dismiss that or minimize that, or even kind of call into question, you know, the validity of that for that individual, that's hard. And so, you know, we're talking about Aunt Faye, we're, t- and we're talking about your next door neighbor. Well, okay, you know, we understand that you're going to run into that because not everyone's up to speed about ADHD and what exactly it includes. But what's challenging is is when you run into that with your medical team, when you run into that with your educators, because those are people who are positioned to play a big role in supporting ADHD brains. And so being met with skepticism, if that dismissive, comment can be very challenging. There's a lot of misconceptions about ADHD. The whole idea that everyone has a little ADHD, that's kind of based in this idea that ADHD is just about attention. ADHD is, oh, butterfly, or ADHD is just about hyperactivity. Well, you're not bouncing off the walls, so you don't have ADHD. So these leftover ideas of this is all ADHD is can be really frustrating. And those kind of comments just reflect a lack of understanding of what ADHD ADHD includes. Executive functioning skills are absolutely impacted with ADHD. And studies have pointed to that group of skills being more indicative of academic success than IQ. And so when you look at somebody who is struggling with this group of skills, the impact is huge. It ripples out for a lifetime. Looking at something like emotional regulation, the impact of emotional regulation or emotional dysregulation on people's lives is profound. It underpins everything, right? Our ability to regulate emotionally is something that we're tapping on all day, every day. And if that is a struggle for you, that is a big, significant struggle. So when someone says, doesn't everyone have a little ADHD? They're saying, doesn't everyone struggle paying attention at times? Doesn't everyone misplace things at times? And the answer is yes, of course. This is like the human experience that we're not going to be able to pay attention every time we want to pay attention. We're going to forget things. We're going to misplace things. When you're talking about ADHD, you're talking about this on a scale that is not typical. That's why it gets diagnosed as ADHD because of the functional impact that is not your everyday, I forgot to pay a bill or call someone or whatever. This is not the same thing. 
Because ADHD's biggest impacts, in my opinion, are on emotional regulation, which underpins absolutely everything that we do, and on executive functioning skills. So when we look at those two things that are absolutely impacted with ADHD and, and yet don't show up in the name of this diagnosis, and then, you know, it's understandable that there's some misconceptions about what ADHD actually is. I mentioned emotional regulation. I mentioned executive functioning skills, which I think are some of the biggest impacts that, that ADHD has on people's function. But even if you're just looking at attention, it's easy to make light of that, right? Like, oh, squirrel, butterfly, whatever. But inattention with ADHD is not about daydreaming. I saw this post that some guy posted recently about we didn't have ADHD when I was young. Let the kids be kids and daydream. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds like really wholesome, right? Let let the kids daydream. Like, don't drug them up. But daydreaming is not what inattention is. Inattention means when I need to pay attention, I can't rely on it, even if it really benefits me, even if it has to do with my safety, that this is not something I get to turn on and off. Let the kids daydream, right? Like That sounds like, oh, you know cue the music. Like that's just, that's great. Well, those kids are going to grow up and they're going to drive motor vehicles. And do you want them daydreaming then? Do you want them in and out of uh, paying attention then? It becomes a very dangerous thing when someone is inattentive and driving. I've always hated driving long before I knew I had ADHD because it was hard for me to pay attention, especially if somebody's in the car with me and they're talking to me. It is very difficult for me to focus on driving and definitely even focusing on my surroundings and directions, all of that. So for me, with inattention and driving is a really rough combination. When we moved to this area, we lived about an hour away from the area we live now. And so I would drive to look at houses with the agent and I would meet her out here. I had my my youngest was a baby and so I, he would be in his little car seat. So often I would just need to drive because it was just too much work to move his car seat and all of that and she would direct me. And... Um, <laughs> Oh, I can't believe I'm telling you guys this. And so there is a, a rec center, like a community rec center across from the neighborhood I ended up buying a house in. And there was a stop sign. There was a stop sign outside of that rec center that was kind of in the parking lot somewhat, not quite on the road. And with my agent and my child in the car, I took out the stop sign. It was... I. I love you, Debbie Negley. Uh, I, her eyes were like saucers. And we just looked at each other and I'm like what do I do? She said, I have no idea. And so I went into the rec center and talked to whoever was there at the desk, who was a very nice person and told me that surprisingly enough, I was not the first person to do that, which, you know, I was taking anything at that point. I was like, I will take that. Thank you. Anyhow, taking out the stop sign, traumatizing poor Debbie. This was not letter daydream. Like this was really of course, embarrassing and dangerous. My child was in the car with me. I felt horrible. And, you know, I also took down the stop sign. And to speak a little bit more to this guy's point, which obviously irritated me because I'm continuing to talk about it here, but I think it's human nature to overestimate the risk of action and underestimate the risk of inaction. And, you know, we see that in investing. People, of course, understandably are concerned about investments and risks in those in that area, but they don't necessarily think of the risk of inflation, that if you don't do anything with your money, it loses value as well. And so I think the same is true when it comes to supporting ADHD, that out of fear of 
making the wrong choice out of fear of a lot of things with taking action with ADHD is that we're going to pick the wrong thing and that there's going to be a label here, or there's going to be this fallout from the diagnosis or the treatment of ADHD. But actually the research is very clear that the fallout for unsupported ADHD is significant. Unsupported ADHD is linked to all kinds of negative outcomes. So minimizing the impact, dismissing the impact does not just make this go away for people with ADHD. But with an ADHD diagnosis, we're talking about a big functional impact across settings. ADHD doesn't just live at work or live at home or live at school. It is a global impact for the individuals that have this diagnosis. Just like me feeling sad one morning does not mean I have clinical depression and me feeling anxious about my job interview doesn't mean that I have an anxiety diagnosis. Experiencing some of these traits of ADHD at times does not mean that everyone has a little ADHD. And so this came up in my group last week. Someone asked me, do you have any advice on how to handle comments like this. She was talking about a family situation when she was being met with comments like this. And I will tell you what I told her. I don't know. I really don't. I can tell you how I approach it personally is that I strike a balance or I try to strike a balance between the fact that it's important to me to be a mental health advocate across the board and showing up that way, but then also weighing out the fact that if somebody is not curious, you know, the research is out there, If somebody is not curious, there is no fact, there is no presentation of facts, there is no thing that I'm going to offer them in terms of statistics or numbers or anything that is going to change their mind if they're not a curious person, if they're not open to learning about this. And I I do think a lot of people are not. One thing that I have found to be powerful, if you are interested in helping somebody understand this, is stories along with facts, right? Like your personal experience of ADHD cannot be debated. Now that's assuming that this is somebody that you want to invest that kind of energy into. And and that's totally up to you who is worth that kind of investment. For me, I really work on guarding my mental energy. It's a part of how I support my brain with ADHD. So that's just not going to be spent on just anybody posting on Instagram. But if it is somebody that I want to spend that kind of mental energy on, it becomes clear when you're sharing how ADHD shows up for you that you're no longer talking about the same thing. So wrapping up for today, unfortunately, you're probably going to run into these comments sooner or later. If you spend a lot of time on social media, I'm guessing it's going to be sooner. Because people on social media platforms will not let a small thing like research or facts get in the way of them weighing in on just about any topic. But even considering that, hopefully we can be a part of spreading awareness about ADHD, education about ADHD, so more people are getting the support that they need for their brain. That's it for today, and we'll see you next week. I also have some things going on on my website, theadhdclaritycoach.com. I have my free sensory training. Super excited about that program. If you're interested, check it out on my website, theadhdclaritycoach.com. You can contact me there, contact me on Instagram or Facebook if you have questions, if you're you would love to hear from you. And that is all. We'll see you next week.